Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks podcast. Thank you for listening to Sabbath Talks. We have another great podcast lined up for you today. We have one of our pastors in the Valley that uh, will be talking with us today about prayer. My name is Daryl Horn. I serve as the Executive Director of the San Antonio Baptist Association. If you haven't listened to any of our previous podcasts, I would like to encourage you to go back and look through our list of, of things that we've talked about. Today we'll be talking about prayer. As we get started today, I would like the, the two men uh, on the podcast to introduce themselves and then we'll jump into our topic. My name is Roland Lopez and uh, I'm also with the San Antonio Baptist Association. My responsibilities here is in the area of uh, planting churches, church planting uh, and evangelism. And uh, my name is Juan de la Garza. I'm in the Rio Grande Valley. I pastor Iglesia del Pueblo. I'm the founder of this ministry since 1987. So we've been pastoring this church ever since. Thank you. Juan is one of our pastors in our association. We're so appreciative of God uh, bringing him to our association of churches. Uh, He adds a tremendous amount, and God is really using him in the valley to reach many, many people for Christ and to disciple people. And one of the things that we wanted to talk with Juan today about is the importance of prayer. Uh, Juan has a number of things uh, we feel like we all need to hear with regard to prayer. So, Juan, let let me start with our first question today. Uh, From your perspective, what's the importance of pastors leading their churches to pray? Okay. Well, first of all, Dr. Horn and Dr. Lopez, uh, I want to thank you for this opportunity. And I want to thank you for allowing us, the pastors, to share with other pastors and other leaders, you know, especially this perspective of prayer. And uh, I know uh, that this could be a little bit long, but let me share a brief testimony, Dr. Horn, about how we got started in 1987. I remember, I remember going back and forth. I was an evangelist for 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 the Baptist Association and Convention here in Texas, and I went back and forth uh, praying about the possibilities of opening up opening up a church. And I remember back in the day that I got together with my brother and two other leading uh, people that we had in mind to start that church, uh, and, and we started praying. And I remember praying every single day for three months. After three months of praying, I remember the day like as if it was today. I felt in my heart, I felt it in my spirit that we needed to start a church that happened in 1987, uh, November, December of 1987. So it is important that we pray because God confirms just about anything that we need to be confirmed on uh, with prayer. So that uh, happened in 1987. In 1990, nothing was happening in the church. And this is important that, pe- that people will hear this. Nothing was happening in church. There was no growth. Uh, I wasn't seeing uh, uh, the atmosphere was low, and uh, I wasn't seeing results at all. We had about 70 people, 
And I remember coming to the congregation and saying, listen, there's nothing happening here. I've been preaching every single Sunday, and I don't see results. I don't see any additions to the church. I don't see people excited about coming to church. So we're going to stop everything that we're doing right now, and we're just going to pray. So this is what we did. I established myself personally. I went into prayer for 30 days, and every weekend I would fast. That was something that I didn't know much about that. But I started fasting every weekend, and we started praying every single day. After I finished the 30 days of prayer, we went into praying every single morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. Now, again, let me go back. We needed an answer. We needed a response from God. And the only one that was going to respond to us was God through prayer. So we started praying every single day at 6 o'clock in the morning. After praying for about three months at 6 o'clock in the morning, I remember asking a group of people. This was very specific. I said, listen, I'm seeing, I'm seeing something happening. I really don't know what's going to happen after we finish all this time of prayer. But I want to say something. I want to I challenge at least 20 or 30 of you to come and pray every single morning for one month at 4 o'clock in the morning. And I remember that we had 50 people coming for one whole month at 4 o'clock in the morning. We would pray from 4 to 5 o'clock in the morning. And the reason why I did that is because it's easy to come for prayer at 7 o'clock in the afternoon. It's easy to come for prayer at 9 o'clock in the morning. But who's going to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to go and pray at 4 a.m.? Well, we had 50 people that came for 30 days to pray at the church. On September 26, 1990, we felt that something happened to the church. On that particular Wednesday, it was a Wednesday night, there were 70 people in that group. And I remember, like as if it was today, the atmosphere in the church changed. The music changed. The preaching changed. The atmosphere in the people, the congregation changed. And I remember... On, on the 26th of September, 1990, everything changed. I remember having, Pastor Dr. Horn, 70 people on, on, on that Wednesday night. And by Sunday morning, on that first Sunday morning, after praying for this many weeks and this many months, we had 200 people in our congregation. So it is important <laughs> that we pray. It is important that we seek God with all our heart. And prayer, in reality, prayer is the answer. So imagine our church grew from 70 people to 200 people in just one week. But we spent at least six months in prayer. But that was the result of prayer. So if you ask me about prayer, I'm going to say it's one of the most important things that we can do as a church. In fact, my challenge, my biggest challenge on those days was, okay, am I going to preach or am I going to pray? Well, <laughs> for three years, nothing happened with my preaching. So we pray. <laughs> so sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we need to stop preaching and start praying. So I don't know if I went too long on that, but I want to share that uh, testimony with you guys. That's a perfect testimony about what we're talking about on the broadcast. It, yeah. That's a perfect testimony. 
and I think uh, uh, Juan, what uh, you've, um, what I've heard you say, uh, which is beautiful, it's just not just one person, but mm-hmm. it's the body. It is a corporate prayer, and uh, yes. see, we can say a lot of things about about prayer as individuals, but when you yes. have when you have uh, testimonies, when you have folks that confirm that corporate prayer is the answer, uh, there's not very many people that can challenge corporate prayer because you're talking about more than just one people person. So that's, that's and I was think, and I, yeah, and I was thinking, uh, Doctor Roland, on that line. I mean, the Bible says if two people come together. I mean, if two people come together, anything can happen. God can answer any prayer. Imagine 20 people, 30 people, 40 people, 50 people, 120, like in Pentecost. Imagine if the, if the church just uh, is able to understand the importance of prayer, and they make that a serious task in their church. I mean, churches can change just because of prayer. Wow, that's that's a tremendous testimony. What we've been talking about here in our association for quite a few months now uh, mm-hmm. is, exa- is exactly the experience that you've had. We uh, unfortunately we have churches all across our national convention, all across the nation, here in San Antonio and and in the state of Texas, of churches that are plateaued. They're declining. Many of them are dying. And I've said this many times, but people have asked me, what would you do for a dying church? And my my answer always is, I would call, call all the members together and we'd get on our knees or on our face mm-hmm. and we'd cry out to God for help. That's uh, that's the first place to begin. Um, exactly. What, what have been some of the responses to prayers that, that you've seen uh, along the way? Okay. Okay. Uh, before I jump into the second question, Dr. Horn, I just want to say that, uh, I mean, we can share history and talk about yesterday, but right now I want, I want the people to understand that we have a group of prayer that comes every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, and these people pray from 9.30, from 9 in the morning to 9.30. This happens every single Sunday. So we have a group of people that are designated just to pray 30 minutes prior to the service. So, like I said, it's good to talk about history. It's good to talk about, uh, I mean, people that pray before us and stuff like that. But prayer needs to be something active every single day and every single week in our ministries, in our church. And like I said, whenever you're lost and you don't know what to do, Pray. That's the answer to the problem. So jumping to the se- jumping into that second question, as far as God responding to prayer, well, I got so much to say in that, Doctor Horn. Uh, I mean, we can spend the rest of the time here just talking about this point. But you will see all kinds of miracles. Uh, Doctor Roland Lopez was with us this past Sunday, and and he heard a testimony of Sister Jovita, who the week prior. To come into church, she was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, she was very, very, very scared because she had cancer before, and she had an issue with her heart, and now hearing the news again, 
that cancer is back. I remember, I remember that Sunday morning because she came in a car. She couldn't get off her car because of what's going on right now, distancing and stuff like that. So she stayed in the car with her daughter. And I remember calling my pastors and all of us went and surrounded the car, laid hands on the car and we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and believed for a miracle. In fact, when I left the church that Sunday morning, I said, God, uh, this might be asking too much. This lady has cancer and she's got terminal cancer, but this might be asking too much. But let me ask you, please, please, please confirm the word that I preached this morning, because this morning I spoke about demonstrations. The Holy Spirit demonstrates miracles if we believe in him. And I remember leaving the church that morning. And during the week, I mean, Monday came, Tuesday came, Wednesday morning, she calls me personally. I mean, she was full of joy. She was crying on the phone. She was yelling on the phone. In fact, I couldn't even understand. I didn't even know it was her. But she was so excited that she just left the clinic and she said, you know what, Pastor Juan, something happened to me on Sunday. I left the place knowing that God had done a miracle in my life. And I just want you to know that the doctors went in there and they're confused. They can't find the mask they were looking for. And she was super excited. And she said, you know, the doctors just told me right now, sorry, ma'am. I don't know. Maybe we made a mistake. Maybe it was the x-rays but there's no cancer in your body right now. So Sunday, she shared that testimony. And that's just one of the testimonies when it comes to miracles. Now, as far as souls is concerned, I mean, we've seen people getting saved because of prayer. We've seen people being restored because of prayer. We've seen prodigal sons coming to the altar again because of prayer. So we've seen miracles after miracles just because Prayer is a priority in our ministry. One of the things, Juan, that uh, I really appreciated uh, and have always appreciated about the, the ministry um, uh, of the church, and that is um, uh, I found a quote from Andrew Murray a few, uh, few months ago that I shared with Dr. Horn because Dr. Horn was, um, uh, was desiring to move in this area of, of prayer and continuing to explore um, uh, prayer. So uh, this is the quote that I found by Andrew Murray. The man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelization in history. And, uh, you know, my, um, my calling that God called and constituted me to be an evangelist, that resonated because you know, um, you can we can spend a lot of our time in, in in methods of evangelism, but here Andrew Murray is saying that the man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray, and uh, uh, I'm saying, my goodness, my uh, my association and my associational director is moving in this direction. That I believe that God is going to mobilize greatly uh, the church uh, for. Uh, the greatest move in evangelism. So I thank the Lord for that. Yes, and I believe that with all my heart, Dr. Roland, because, I mean, 
whenever you're lost, whenever you are at that crossroads where there's nothing that you are doing that causes anything or happens anything to church, I say, stop and pray. You will never go wrong if you pray. It is God's will that his people prays. And, uh, I mean, I've seen God move in so many ways when you, I mean, when you, when we talk about prayer in so many ways, but right now, as we speak, we are praying for an awakening in this nation. We are praying for a revival in our church. And I've seen so many churches in the area right now that, that are in the same spirit. And, and let me tell you something here very important. The people that are serious about revival pray. If -hmm. you're not serious about revival, if you're not serious about a movement from God, (laughs) I mean, don't pray. Because prayer will always be a priority to move God's hand. And and it has become a, a normative thing in your church. It's not just uh, a one-time event. It is a consistent uh, daily practice of your church. And the the testimony you just told us about uh, the healing from cancer is just within the last 10 days or so. This was last week, sir. Yes. Yeah. And so this is a current thing. It's not a a past thing. It's it's a continuing thing that that God's answering. what encouragement could you give to pastors and churches to to pray or to continue to pray? Number one, don't get discouraged. Uh, let me let me just say something very important here. When you call the people to pray, in fact, right now, Doctor Horn, this is this is my perspective. Uh, the church is not praying, and the church is not evangelizing today. That's on the, uh, I mean, this is, this is not on our priorities right now in church. They're not on the list. When it comes to prayer, you'll find that on number 10 on the list. When it comes to evangelism, you'll find that on number 11 or 12 on your list. We got so many things, and we got so many priorities in our church nowadays that we forget about the main thing, which is prayer. So this is what I want to share with pastors and leaders. Don't get discouraged. If you call your people to pray and you're the only one that show up, don't get discouraged. If one person shows up, don't get discouraged. If three people showed up, don't get discouraged. Because when it comes to prayer, you will never have, you will never have a great group of people. You, it'll never happen. Uh, it takes a long time. In my case, it took me many, many years. Right now, I can call in the church and say, hey, uh, I'm going to meet at my house today. I want everybody to come and pray, and I'll get 30, 40, 50 people to come and pray without any problems. But that's because we've been teaching on the importance of prayer, and people already know how important it is not only for me, but also for the church. So I can, I can call people even today. I can call people today and say, hey, uh, we're going to have a prayer meeting on Friday, and I need at least 40 of you to come. We'll get 40 people to come. 
So my uh, my uh, uh, my advice to pastors: don't get discouraged. Even if you get one person or two people to come and pray, go ahead and pray with those people. Remember that the greatest revivals that we've seen in history have not been because there has been an, an incredible crowd of people praying. It's always been one lady at the closet, two ladies in a closet, a couple of pastors praying in a closet. That's, that's the way revival has broken. So don't get discouraged, Pastor, if you only see one or two or three people coming for prayer. I think what I pick up, uh, uh, Juan, as you're, as you're sharing this, is uh, it has become a culture in your church that prayer is, that's just what you guys do. Now, when I say mm-hmm. that, it's because I've been there, uh, and I've watched this, and I think that um, in our other conversations with you, uh, as you speak on um, uh, topics on, the, uh, on Pentecost, I heard you Sunday was probably one of the best messages that I've heard on Pentecost uh, because uh, it dealt with um, people praying, and uh, the praying then became uh, that experience of praying, and then it became a movement, and it became then Mm -hmm. a lifestyle. And so I think that uh, what I'm hearing you say is that uh, Iglesia del Pueblo, there in the valley of Texas, uh, prayer is a lifestyle, and you've and, and God has just uh, orchestrated it to be uh, a culture. So I think that's what you're saying when you know, uh, and, and it's good that you share, uh, you know, the history of it. But at the same time, uh, we're seeing the present time. It continues to move forward because it's a lifestyle. Yes, sir. And I was going to say something else here, Doctor Horn. Don't be afraid to break your program, break your agenda, even on a Sunday morning. Uh, Again, I'll I'll make reference to this. Dr. Roland Lopez was at our church this past Sunday, and we stopped everything. And we started praying for the president. We started praying for the nation. I mean, we're going through a crisis right now, (laughs) more than what we can even handle right now. So prayer becomes a priority. So Another advice that I would like to share with the pastors, don't be afraid to, to break your agenda. Don't be afraid to, uh, to, to, to stop a hymn or a song that you're doing and tell people, hey, I just feel in my heart that we need to pray. That's something that uh, uh, sometimes we're afraid to do on a Sunday morning because we are on a tight uh, uh, schedule uh, or program. And sometimes we're afraid to break the program, break the mold and say, uh, people, uh, we just need to pray. We just need to pray. I remember Dr. Horn and Dr. Lopez, one Sunday morning, I was in a service. This was some time back. I was in a service, and I, I couldn't feel anything. I mean, I was in the service, you know, one of those services where, I mean, you sing, and you, you pray, and you raise your hands, and you, and you clap sometimes. But I wasn't feeling. I, I, I didn't feel the spirit in the house. And I remember that Sunday morning, I came to the platform and I said, people, I, uh, I want to share something with you. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what you're feeling. I don't know what you guys are going through, but I don't feel God this morning. I just don't. I don't feel God this morning. 
we've been doing everything that we usually do on Sunday morning, but I just don't feel God this morning. And I remember telling the congregation this words. I said, listen, we're going to sing one more song. And I chose the song, one more song. And if nothing happens, we're going to go home. I'm not going to preach. We're going to go home and we'll wait for the night service. <laughs> I remember uh, the people woke up. I mean, the people woke up when I said that. And uh, we started singing that song. And man, the presence of God came into that building. And I remember, I remember that we spent two more hours after that song singing and preaching and ministering to the people. And what I'm saying here, Dr. Horn, is that sometimes we're so afraid to break the mold, break the program, to pray, to be transparent with your people and say, hey, I think we need something else here. I think we need to pray right now. Can we get on our knees? Can we just, uh, can we just pray or can we just uh, stop here for a little bit and think about what we're doing? Uh, don't be afraid. So I, I kind of advise that. Uh, that might be a little bit too radical, but those, those are things that I do here at the church many times. Well, what, what you're talking about is just being spirit-led. You know, you, it's, it's not program-led, but you're being spirit-led and trying to be sensitive to where you, uh, you're following, following what you feel like or you feel impressed to do. Uh, I, I would imagine also that there have been times you've given an altar call when it wasn't, quote, in the, in the program, but you just felt like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to give an altar call. Now's the time we need to pray with people. Um, what, uh, what final thoughts could you give some of our pastors as we wrap up our conversation? You've shared a tremendous amount uh, of truth. Of uh, it, Let me say this before you answer the question. One of the things <clears throat> that I've noticed over the years about churches that that uh, are focused on prayer like, like you lead your church to be is there's a continual freshness uh, of, of encountering God. It's, uh, it's a lifestyle. It's just not, uh, you know, I'm on the walk of the aisle and, and rededicate my life. But it's it's a continual freshness that uh, that you experience, um, and I, I appreciate you communicating that today. I think that's one of the missing things that we have in our churches. But what final thoughts would you like to share today? Okay, sir. Uh, so many things that I would like to say, but I already mentioned the discouragement part. Don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Uh, it's very easy to give up and to get discouraged when, on, when you don't see results. We're so used to seeing results. We want to see results in everything that we do. And sometimes, Dr. Horn, it takes a little while before we see results. You know, it took us a little while. It took me a little while to see. It took me three years of prayer before that September 26th came up. So uh, I, I just, I just want to go back. Don't get discouraged, don't give up, and continue, continue pushing prayer. There's always one person in the congregation. There's always a couple. There's always a family that will support that. 
work with that couple, work with that person, work with that family, because those are the people that are going to make a difference. When Jesus was on this earth, I mean, he preached to hundreds and thousands of people. Many people follow him through the years, through the three years that he was on earth. But remember, when he came to Pentecost, when he came to prayer, when he came to the upper room, there was only, a, only 120 people. My question is, where were those 5,000 people that he fed, those 4,000 people that he fed? Where were those people? They couldn't be found anywhere. So, again, revival, movements, the presence of God, the power of God <laughs> always manifests when there's one. When there's one that believes, when there's two, when you come together in agreement with another person. So that would be my final thought. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Uh, continue praying and, uh, and continue <coughs> believing. Before we close, I would like for you to pray for all of our pastors who are listening. Pray for all the, the, the others that, that might be listening on this call. And and ask God to draw their hearts back to, to connecting with Him through prayer. So, w- would you uh, close this out in a, a prayer for those who are listening today? Yes, sir. We'll do that. Father, uh, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. I thank you, Father, for the life of Dr. Horn, and I thank you for the life of Dr. Roland Lopez. I thank you, Father, for their hearts. I thank you, Father, because they are sensitive to this topic. And if we can just bring this association back to prayer more than anything else, Father, but just bring the pastors back to prayer, everything can change in our San Antonio area. Father, I pray for every single pastor that is listening to this broadcast. I pray for every pastor, their wives and their families, Father. I know that there's pastors that have a burden. I know that there's pastors, Father, that cry out to you. I know that there's pastors right now asking for leading, for guidance. I know there's pastors right now, Father, seeking your face wanting to know more and wanting to get you get to know you better, Father. I ask for those pastors. Father, I also ask for those that are discouraged, those that haven't seen results, Father, in many, many months, those, Father, that are even sick right now and tired, and, and many of them wanting to retire because they're not seeing any results at this point. I pray for those pastors too, Father. I'm believing, Father, for the greatest move of the Holy Spirit in the season, Father. I know it's hard. We're going through so much as a nation. We're going through so much as a city, as a state. There's so much, Father. But, Father, I'm believing that your greatest move will happen in a time of crisis. And, Father, I come in agreement with every pastor from this association I come in agreement, Father, believing that greater things are in front of us. Greater things are in front of us, Father. I pray for them, and I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that.
I want to thank you for uh, talking with us today. I want to thank Dr. Lopez for being a part of this podcast. If you're listening and haven't listened to the previous podcast, please uh, check out our webpage. We as an association exist to connect, encourage, and support churches for Kingdom Impact. We would love to help you in any way we could. Also, uh, before we conclude our broadcast, we want to remind you that there's another uh, podcast coming after this one where Pastor Juan will be talking about uh, what he's been preaching recently in regard to Pentecost and how it should be a transformative, normal, daily part of our lives. Look for that podcast. It uh, should be out in the next week or so. Pastor Juan, thank you once again so much for taking time to share those truths with you today. Uh, you said a whole lot that we definitely need to think about today. Uh, Brother Roland, anything you want to say before well, God, we go? God bless you, Brother Juan. We'll continue to be uh, praying for you, for your family, for the church where God has constituted you pastor and evangelist. God bless you, my brother. That- Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Roland. Thank you, Dr. Horn. I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging, and supporting churches for Kingdom Impact.